Hey, I'm Nicole, your host of the Work, Wealth, and Travel podcast. On this show, we're going to be talking tangible action that you can take in order to achieve the life you thought was only achievable after retirement. Everything you want now in life, you can have it. Will it take hard work, patience, and uncomfortable growth? You bet it will, but it will be so worth it. On this show, we will be deep diving into the topics of lifestyle design, travel, entrepreneurship, and everything in between. I myself am a global citizen and world traveler who left my home country and conventional lifestyle behind for a life of adventure and following my passions. And that's exactly what I want for you. It's your time to love your work, build your wealth, and create the lifestyle you've always dreamed of. Let's do this. Welcome back to another episode of the Work, Wealth, and Travel podcast. So today I am joined by entrepreneur Sabrina, who is going to chat about many different topics on the show today. And she is, of course, a world traveler herself. So Sabrina is a multidisciplinary creative entrepreneur who is based out of Toronto in Canada. Her brand is a mix of vintage furniture, interior styling, media management, studio rentals, and now she is burgeoning an endeavor into brand partnership. So we have a lot to discuss today. I'm really excited to dive in. Thank you for being here, Sabrina. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Absolutely. So let's get started by hearing a little bit more about your story. Where did you start and how did you get to where you are today? Okay. Um, I feel like I my story started like a long time ago and I feel like as most stories do and um, my family had interiors business for a long time and that is uh, I sort of grew up seeing my dad as an entrepreneur, you know, at my whole life and I really just that is really my model. I've, I, I, that's how I thought what I thought life was and work was, was that, um, you know, he was a very passionate about what he did and we were always at the business. It was a physical business. And so I just assume that that is, you know, in life, you just, you go and you, you, you put your ideas forward and you make things happen and then money appears in the cash register. This was back in the day. They were cash registers. And um, and I thought, okay, I'm, this is what I'm going to do. This is what life is. Um, fast forward, you know, I graduated from university and decided uh, I think working in the business with him is going to be a really great opportunity for someone like me who's so um, interested in, I think, so many things. And entrepreneur, you know, being an entrepreneurial um um, capacity was going to let me uh, explore so many things and not say, okay, I'm a, and, and fill in the blank, like I am a writer or I am a, uh, a lawyer or whatever. I, it was going to let me, you know, have an interesting life that is what I thought and was true. So um, I worked with him for a long time and it was like 20 years of running that business together and had seen all the effects of my own um, input on the business come to fruition, which was so, I mean, in the realms of marketing or uh, hiring or purchasing or whatever it was. Uh, and I loved it, but the business did end uh, quite tragically in 2018. And um, I had to reinvent myself. I had to figure out what I was going to do. 
And uh, the idea of working in a job seemed ridiculous to me. I couldn't imagine working for someone with very narrow parameters about, you know, what I could or could not do. And I started to uh, create my own business. Uh, someone from my, the, my industry had reached out to me and said, do you want to do some design work for us? And then that's how it started. I thought, okay, I'm going to do this on my own. Um, didn't have a partner at the time and just decided I was going to bet on myself and it worked. Uh, it, it worked and I, my brand has grown ever since like doing interior design a la carte was the very start of it. And now it's grown into a huge, um, project that's very hard to uh, c- c- uh, describe succinctly, but I have many aspects of my business that are growing and uh, I've bet on myself and the bet has worked out so far. Wow, that's quite a story. And I really like that you bring up betting on yourself because that is such a big piece, especially when starting your journey in entrepreneurship. So what did that look like for you betting on yourself? And, um, and maybe within there, there will be some advice for somebody who is listening, who wants to start something of their own. And I love how you mentioned, you know, I just ridiculous to think of working for somebody else. Maybe someone else has that mentality too, but it's very difficult and scary to know where to start. So what did that look like for you? Well, I felt like there was nothing there. I already had, the thing is, I already had the tools to be this, to be this person. So it wasn't that foreign of a concept. It wasn't like I was like, you know, a lot of people come to me now for coaching and, and I'm trying to meet them where they are and understand what it must be like to try to now jump out on your own and do your own thing when that's never how you have operated in life already. And, and for me, it was already, it was a natural extension of like, of who I was. So it, it wasn't, it didn't, it wasn't super scary. I feel like in my life in general, I feel like I have a huge, hugely high tolerance for risk. And, you know, my dad was always very, um, he was, you know, always telling us like, just, you know, figure it out, jump in, figure it out. What's the worst that can happen? Like, you're not going to know unless you try, you just need to do it. Like he was very, he had that entrepreneurial lens that was like so woven into the way he parented that it was just like, it was, it was in me. It was like part of my DNA. So I, when I hear it back from other people who are watching my story and say, how did you have the courage to, or how did you have the, um, you know, how, what, weren't you scared to? And the truth is, I don't, I don't, you know, I can't really take a lot of accolades for that because I didn't feel like it was that scary to me. My, my tolerance for, you know, risk was already so high. So I figured the bet on myself didn't seem that crazy. And as I watched, as I hired people a lot in my old life and saw so many different types of personalities come through the business and work in different capacities. And sometimes I was jealous of people who had, who were very artful and had a a great skill at what they did. But I knew that I was never one of those people. I was always a jack of all trade, master of none. I was never going to be as good at design as the designers we hired. I was never going to be as good at finance as the finance people we hired. You know, I was interested in everything, but I couldn't, I couldn't, uh, specialize in anything and it's only later in life that I realized that 
what I had was a skill in it of itself, which was leadership or innovation or uh, resiliency, adaptability, whatever. So yeah, that sort of, hmm. um, that became the bet that I took on myself. I was like, okay, I think this is an actual skill and it's called entrepreneurial entrepreneurialism. I'm, I'm going to go with it. I love it. That's such an entrepreneurial thing to do. Just kind of like, I'm going to roll with this and it's, it's yeah. going to work. <laughs> There's no if and yes. buts. Um, so you have a story, which I would love for you to share that I know you shared with me off air. And maybe this is how your interior design business got started. I'm not too sure, um, but I'm sure you can elaborate on that about you being in Mexico and Bali and going on a live video. I think that is such an interesting story that you can really start a business or have a business from anywhere. And it doesn't need to be something that needs to be so complicated as you think when starting a business. So share with us that story and kind of how that came about for you and what that turned into. For sure. So when I first went out on my own, I thought I was going to go to Bali, spend some time, source some product, bring it back and do a a true e-commerce shop. And it was going to be fantastic. I spent a lot of time on this, a lot of resources, tied up money and inventory um, and it, it was not the be all end all that I thought it was going to be. I still have inventory from that sourcing from years ago. Um, and it was, you know, I, I spent so long just with my I had an intern at the time. We spent so long trying to like create the website and, and, and source the product and get so in, involved in this product selection and then you know I was so naive I didn't realize that the bulk of the work was going to be in the marketing it wasn't going to be in like you know refining this website to the nth degree it was going to be in getting it out there and having people know like and trust you and buy from you and making sure that it was a viable product for the community that I wanted to sell it in so I totally missed my mark with that. Um, so many failures along the way. Like my whole my whole story is like a whole bunch of failures, but I am good at getting up from them quickly and just moving on and reinventing and reinventing and reinventing. Um, so fast forward, then a few years later, I was traveling to Mexico. I spent a long time there in uh, during the first year of COVID. Um, I basically didn't want to come back. So I was there for many months. And then I was realizing that I could do part of my work online. So I could stay there a pretty long time. But I was also I also did do a lot of physical work in Toronto, like selling vintage furniture. And it was much harder to do that from Mexico. I had some people here trying doing it for me a little bit while I was gone but mostly um it was it's basically me being hands-on so I was um shopping in Mexico for homewares and there was a lot of things that were coming up that were really beautiful and I started going live on Instagram and showing people what I was finding and people started putting up their hand like, okay, Oh, can I get that? Can I get this? And I was like, Oh my goodness, this is interesting. Like not only does my, you know, brand translate to the, to another country, my followers are willing to come with me on this journey. Um, so, cause I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to be in Mexico. Like, is this going to trip up the whole Instagram algorithm and no one's going to find me anymore and no one's going to keep following me. Uh, and it was not true. People were like totally tuning in. I, I ended up doing all these IGTV, um, these, uh, you know, lives and I would 
go through the market and show people what options there were. I'd figure out wholesale pricing with the local vendors and then sell it to Toronto and either ship it back or bring it back at the end of my time. And it worked really well. I ended up making really good connections with a lot of these vendors to the point then the next year we did the same thing again and they would drive the inventory over to me at my local Airbnb and I would do a whole photo shoot with them and then they'd come and pick up the inventory at the end of the day and we'd sort out what sold and what didn't sell virtually. So it was a fantastic way to basically fund my stay there and uh, keep my business going and keep the interest up and even when I came back people were still asking me for the product. So something about it worked. And I realized that my skill was really in like curation. So it didn't really matter what country I was in or what I was selling. It was that people wanted to buy what I thought was interesting or beautiful or lovely. Wow. That is, I think, such an inspiring story. Um, you took your passion and you brought it somewhere internationally, maybe unintentionally at the beginning. Uh, but then you realize, you know, there is a market here. And I think a lot of the time we miss opportunities. It's very easy to see something that's right in front of you and miss an opportunity. And so the fact that you are just a true entrepreneur at heart and you just grabbed it by the horns and you were like, I can do this. And, you know, there's logistical components like shipping but that didn't deter you. And I think that those big components can deter a lot. For sure. I feel like I'm always looking at things from an, like an opportunistic perspective, maybe to my detriment. But yeah, there's, there's opportunity sort of lurking everywhere, right? Totally. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, so within your entrepreneurial journey, which has been really an entire lifetime for you, which I love, um, what has surprised you the most about the growth that you have experienced within your entrepreneurial uh, journey? I guess, I guess the different, um, the fact that I do so many things. And at first, when I first started, and I, I, I couldn't pick, I, I picked such a generic name because I couldn't pick what I was going to do. So I, I picked a generic name. It would be a catch-all for all things sort of creative. And I would do a few, I figured I maybe I'd do a few different things and see what maybe took off the most or generated the most income and then maybe go in that direction. But I didn't end up refining myself that much. I kind of stuck. I kind of kept all the pieces of what I do uh, and I do to this day. And there, I think what surprised me is that it didn't, I didn't mean to have a good name for what I was doing. People were uh, interested and engaged with my brand because it was me. And so then I, I, I kind of realized I had more of a personality brand than I did an actual, like an e-com shop or anything that was like tangible or easy to write down. I realized that myself was, was truly my brand. And the more I kept showing up, you know, visually on Instagram and, you know, making myself create, I do an entrepreneurial events here at, uh, at my loft space in Toronto. Um, and I have people here often. And the more I was putting myself out there and people were understanding who I was, the more my brand was, was really taken off. And I couldn't believe that so many people would slide into my DMs, like, constantly like they do all the time like sharing their story with me and 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 relating to the last thing I said on the last um story or the last post or whatever um in a in a real human way and I think that's what surprised me the most because I don't think up until that point I don't know if I had really reached out to someone that I followed on Instagram to say 
either to offer a compliment or to say, oh, I also had that experience or can you help me with this? Or And I was like, wow, people are really wanting to approach me. I, I It's like I feel like a friend to them, which uh, somehow my personality was translating that I was approachable, vulnerable, willing to talk about my story, willing to talk about my missteps. Um, and the relatability factor ended up becoming my brand. And that's, I think, what surprised me the most. So now once I, now that I have this ticket, I can play it in like different ways. And then it, every day I'm sort of rethinking what I want to do with this brand and what offerings I want to have. But the brand itself is pretty much me. That's awesome. Creating a personal brand for yourself. I love that. And that is so important. I think more so than having a great e-com store or, you know, really any of those other pieces that you traditionally think of when you're starting a business, especially in the online space. Um, but really people connect with people and they have clearly connected with you through your Instagram and you could probably sell potatoes and they'd be like, great, <laughs> sign me up, <laughs> which is amazing that you have built that. <laughs> So off air, we were chatting a little bit, and I think this is a really interesting topic of what you like to call being a shapeshifter. Um, so I would love to dive into what that looks like for you and how you feel that you are a shapeshifter in your life, um, because I think as an entrepreneur and a traveler, that is a very important piece of having this type of lifestyle. Um, and then I think a piece of that as well might be something else that we were chatting about, which was, um, you specifically relying on yourself for a hundred percent of your income as an entrepreneur, you don't have, um, a partner who supplements some of your income or, um, it's a little bit different than just freelancing and having those clients that you know are going to be having that income. So speak a little bit about that and then how that comes into play with what you like to call shape-shifting as well, which oh, I absolutely interesting. love. Oh, okay. The connection. I feel like I have, yeah, I have this weird superpower to sort of adapt to whatever is uh, uh, happening at the time. So people places, whatever is happening, I feel like I can, I can adapt to it and mold myself around it. And that's ended that ended up happening with my business. And I guess that's sort of what we just talked about, about, you know, at first doing interior design, and then, you know, selling the vintage furniture that came along quickly out of my own interest and a niche that I really liked. And then I realized that that was taking people, there's a real need for that, especially during COVID. And so then I doubled down on that. And then the next piece came up like lately, the last few months we started doing, I started doing headshot sessions in the loft. So I'd come up, we do like twice a month. We do a full day back-to-back -back bookings. Entrepreneurs and creatives can book a session to get their, uh, update their visual presence. So this is an offering that I came up with with my photographer um, that she's here all the time anyways, photographing furniture. And then we, I don't know how we ended up talking and coming up with this and we launched it. And now it's like a huge source of income as a huge draw. And people know me now for these sessions, which is so funny because it's, you know, it's something that we just, I just added on. Um, we noticed there was a need in the market. I've layered it onto part of my offerings in my business. And now it's something that I'm almost relying on now every month. So I feel like I keep changing the identity of what I do and what I offer, like to the last point we talked about, um, 
maybe opportunistically, but I, but all, all in spheres that I'm super interested in. So like anything that has to do with local Toronto creatives and entrepreneurs and stuff, like I'm all about it. And my space is already all tricked out and beautiful and, and whatever. So it, it can, it is plays to that so well. Um, but I feel like I've pivoted in my business so much responding, like being creative and then also responding to what I feel people are asking for in the market. So in that way, and then also in my personal life, I feel like I've just been, um, I feel like I've lived several lives. I think we talked about this before. Um, many, many lives. <laughs> like I, I, I'm not even sure the continuity sometimes between some of the adventures that I've had. And I don't just mean travel. It could be anything. It could be relationships. It could be things with family um, where I feel like I've had different parts of my life where um, something was more predominant or more interesting to me and I followed that path and maybe all the way to its end and then started something else whereas I feel like a lot more traditionally people seem to figure have this like archetype of a life where they're going to like build this life and the traditional path would be you know a house and two kids and whatever it is but there's this like I'm going to build something this container and then I'm going to fill it and then eventually I'm going to like retire, which is such a crazy word to me. I don't even, that doesn't even compute to me. Um, and my life hasn't been like that at all. I feel like I just like built all these really interesting pieces. And then when I'm done with those, I move on to something else. Um, and it's just a different, it's just a different way to live. I don't know if I did it intentionally. It's just, it's just how I live. And now it's suited to my business. Yeah, I love that you bring that up um, because I think a lot of people who lead similar lifestyles to what you or I do, and you know, really everyone who is listening to this podcast, I'm sure can relate. Um, we like I, I feel the exact same way as you. I feel like I look back on what I have done in the past in my life, and I think, was that really me? Is that something that I really did? <laughs> yes, you know. It, it was so interesting. I was actually a guest on a podcast a few weeks ago and she started the episode by introducing me. And by the end of this introduction, and I didn't tell her what to say. She just said it based on our chats and what she knew about me. And by the end of this introduction on the podcast, I was like, who is this girl? I want to be her friend. She sounds so freaking cool. And I was like, no way, this is my life. And it's so interesting, I think, to sometimes hear it repeated back to you or to reflect back on everything that you have done in your life and then who knows what's going to come in the future is the yeah. exciting part but um really to kind of see like you said these other lives that you've lived and we're always growing and we're always changing and so to see who you were in the past and what you did and what your ventures were is really interesting and then it all ties into play with who you have become today and what you're doing and where you For are sure today. and you know what on that note I feel like there's a lot of we just had I just had a lunch, a networking lunch with a bunch of entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs here at the loft. And we were talking about like what once one person was just starting out and he was really trying to figure out like how he was, what his path was going to be. And I feel like he really wanted to like figure it all out at the beginning, how he was going to, mm -hmm. you know, construct this whole, you know, um, framework or whatever. But the truth is that like it, it, you can't quite like figure out all the steps in advance. 
And that's my pet peeve too, is when people like, if you look on LinkedIn on people's bio or when people are narrating their story to you backward, it sounds so intentional and so connected. And so like, like this was my idea for my life and I've crafted it like this. And it's just not true. Even if you're not an entrepreneur, I just feel like it's, it's not true. Most of the time things happen because um, you know, you meet different people, you get exposed to different things there, you can't quite predict all the steps. And I th- I love that feeling. A lot of people who are entrepreneurially adverse don't like that feeling. And I think that that's the difference. Yep. I completely agree with you. Um, I think that, and I, I can definitely relate a little bit to what, you know, what he was saying. I feel like in the past, I've been like, I want the roadmap and I want to know what all of the steps look like because I am a very um, type A, if you want to call it, whatever you call it, like that is the structure of brain that I have and that works for me. And sometimes that can be a little bit more challenging in the entrepreneurial space. Um, I definitely do agree with that. But um, I think once you actually get started and just realize what the first step might be and then take action on that, that's really where your journey begins. And where I started, you know, three years ago and wanting to start my own business, but not really knowing what I was going to do or what I was good at or what I could monetize and what people would pay me for is not at all. Three years later, I did not think I would be sitting here doing this, having a podcast, speaking to you, traveling around the world. Like it never turns out the way that you expect it to, but I would exactly, say it exactly. I love that. Yes. So I'm, I'm glad that we can, um, you know, both kind of agree on that point. And I think that if anybody, so I, I will ask you, um, if anybody is looking to start their entrepreneurial journey or start traveling and maybe becoming an entrepreneur or maybe working remote and traveling, what would be the first steps or advice that you would give to them to really get started in their journey? Hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. I think it's, I think just just checking in with themselves to make sure that that is the lifestyle that they want to lead, right? So sometimes people get caught up in the idea of what they want to do. So let's say it's, let's say it's um, copywriting or whatever, right? Um, Freelance copywriting, whatever it is, uh, which you can do online and do from anywhere you want. But you have to also take into account what is that, what is that lifestyle going to look like to you like I understand that you like the thing that you're doing but what about it day to day um what how does that look what does it look like to work with different clients um to be in doing a service of sorts if you're not doing your own thing if you're doing a more freelance thing um doing a doing a service was never lying a good um in alignment with me like that much. I will, I do do some, I do provide some services, but I'm not actually built for that. Like my personality is not great at um, understand, wanting to to do something, uh, taking pleasure in in making somebody's uh, room get, you know, uh, created in a, a certain way. My person, what makes my heart sing is to create my art, quote unquote. So like source my furniture, design, design the concepts, 
take beautiful photos and sell it, which is an attraction where people are self-selecting themselves as my customer. They're saying that they're, they like what I've already done and they like to buy it, which is really more akin to being an artist than being a, a service provider. Whereas other people like my dad is very fulfilled by uh, doing something for someone that has met their needs and now have created something that they wanted and that his satisfaction comes from their internalization of that. And I just feel like there's not a lot of focus on what your um, what the what the fulfillment will be in whatever path yeah you pick. So I just feel like you should be careful about what you choose and how it will make you feel and how your days will look. Uh, on a day to day basis, it's great to be in Bali and be on your laptop and um, and and work remote, like ad infinitum. I would I I would love to do it forever. I'm jealous of what you're doing, um, but I also know myself as a person, and I know that there's something about community, a local community here in Toronto that I that I also um, derive a lot of happiness from. So. Um, I think it's just getting to know yourself and getting to know what um, what you might want your life to look like. Yeah, that is honestly the most amazing advice. And I think um, that is not really something that is so concrete. It's not a first step of like, go on Upwork or create a Fiverr profile. No, no. But what I'm saying is that I think that what you're saying is more important than actually figuring out, you know, oh, I need to go on this website and make an account and get started from there and get testimonials. It's really is what you're going to be doing on Fiverr or through the service you're offering. Is that what you want to use to structure your life? If you don't want to be sitting at a laptop for eight hours a day or three hours or whatever, then don't start that first step. You have to really be intentional with what it is that you want your life to look like. And I love that you bring this up because what I like to call it is lifestyle design. And many things come into play with that. But what I always tell people when they're like, where do I get started? Like, what's the first step? The first step is just to think, what do you want your life to actually look like? What do you want to wake up and do with your days? If it's not spending a bunch of time on your laptop, and that's not the type of person you are, well, then that's the perfect starting place to be like, okay, this is not what I want. So how can I structure my life and a business or a job or something where I can have an income around what I want my and that's something I wish that I wish that there was some something in school or uh, that would have touched on this in some more robust way when I was growing up like it just felt like there are these like lofty like job titles of things that you could do in the universe but there was never really like anyone coaching you about like how to match who you are your propensity, your skill set, your interests, whatever, with sort of how you're going to design your life, to use your words, lifestyle design. Um, and now I do a lot of that kind of coaching with people, actually. And I just, when I just did a live um, last week, like I said, like if you're here, like expecting, it, wanting me to be the person that's like, I'm going to give you five tips that are going to increase your business 10x by next week, whatever, like you're in the wrong spot. I, I don't talk like that. And I don't, I don't purport to, to know, like, 
these cheats and tricks and stuff like that. But if you want to talk about real things, you want to tell me all about your story and I can share with you my story and we can better understand, you know, where your, where your business is headed. That's the kind of coaching that I like to do. Right. So big difference. Yeah, totally. Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing that. So wrapping up, is there any last words, anything that you want to say? And then in that, be sure to include all of your handles, where people can find you. And oh, your beautiful nice. Space. Um, what else to say? I, there's, I don't know. I, 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 you did touch on about like making a hundred percent of my income on my own. And I just, I feel like I am, I'm really proud of that. And it's a really scary, really scary place to be. And sometimes I wake up and I, and I am jealous of, you know, my friend who has a regular job and a committed salary and it doesn't have that same um, anxiety or, you know, or fear uh, and just lives in, a, in a, a more secure way. And that's for sure appealing once in a while. But I'm very proud of the fact that I do fund my life and design my life on my own. And um, there's no, I don't get any extra, there's no help and support in doing this. And every dime that goes into my bank account is self-generated. So. Yeah, I, I really appreciate you touching on that because I think all entrepreneurs, we always have days where it's like, you know, it would be so much easier just to work for someone else. Um, but it, it, when you really think about it for, you know, maybe 30 seconds, it's like, that's actually not something I would ever want to go back to. But, uh, you know, yesterday in a perfect example, I was probably like 11 hours on my computer, which I love being on my computer. I love my business. Um, but for 11 hours in one day, it's a lot. And my brain was fried by the end of it. I didn't even want to watch a movie because I didn't want to look at a screen anymore. And, um, and I was just like, oh my gosh, it would be so much easier to just work for someone else and clock out at five. And then it was like one second later, no, actually, that's something I will never be able to go back to after having had my own business for almost three years. So I think that that's just kind of a normal life cycle and mindset sometimes of entrepreneurs when we are working and doing our craft and doing what we love. Sometimes it can become a lot, but we do it for a reason. Exactly. Because we love what we, we do. do. <laughs> So where can people find you online? And if they want to connect, everything will be down below, but let us know. Yeah, I'm most, most active on Instagram for sure. It's underscore, underscore Sunday creative. Um, then my website, www.sunday-creative.com. There's places to uh, book the studio there and book headshots and uh, see other interesting Toronto events that we have going on uh, at the loft. There's always something new. Um, but most, I'm most active on Instagram. So that's where all my furniture is. And uh, that's where I blog about my journey. And we can chat there. What a great episode and story that Sabrina has shared. I hope that you have learned a lot from this episode and a lot from Sabrina's story. She truly embodies being an entrepreneur. And if you are looking to start your journey into being an entrepreneur and potentially traveling the world while doing so, I hope that you got a lot from this episode. I'm your host, Nicole, aka Nomad Neeks. Feel free to connect with me below and Sabrina's links are all also down below. Thank you for joining me on this episode of the Work, Wealth, and Travel podcast, and I will see you next time.